You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to McIntyre's Next Level Podcast, a place for entrepreneurs, leaders, and dreamers to awaken and be activated to their full potential. Are you ready to get out of the boat and experience your next level? Here's your host, Michael McIntyre. Hey, welcome everybody. This is Michael McIntyre, your humble host here at the Next Level Podcast. And I have promised you all last week on Instagram, a lot of you all are following us on Instagram. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, because we've got some pretty amazing posts out there. And uh, it's uh, at the Michael McIntyre. Really easy. You can also follow us on Facebook uh, which is the Michael McIntyre. And there's some imposter comedian out there in Scotland that's, that's trying to capture all my fame. Anyways, I digress. Look, uh, I hope you're having a great day. I hope you're being safe and that uh, we are finally thawing here in Texas. Thank you, Jesus. So we asked people, uh, what, what kind of questions would you want answered on McIntyre's Next Level podcast? And here are some of the questions. And so I will read these questions. Uh, one here is from Chaco, let me see, Chuck Verdico, I don't know. Anyways, uh, uh, they ask, she asked, end times. End times, man, what can I say about end times? Um, you know, I think end times. Uh, the Bible says it's going to come like a thief in the night, and why should we worry about it? I think we should treat every day as end times probably, right? Um, so I don't know. I, I don't get into much of that. I really don't. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, the new, you know, White House administration in there. I don't worry about that kind of stuff. I just don't. I've, I, I know that Jesus is king, and so I just don't worry about it. But, I mean, I guess a lot of people like to think, you know, it's even closer today. And it is. It's one day closer than it was yesterday, Yes. But I think people have been predicting, you know, Jesus was going to come back since he ascended to heaven the day after he ascended to heaven. So, I don't know, here we are 2019 years later, 2020 years later, and we're still looking for that. So, um, anyways, next question is uh, from uh, Hey Christy Grace. Are side hustles worth it? AKA or AKA also known as short game versus long game. Yeah. I think side hustles are totally worth it uh, because look, a side hustle can really spur on a new business. In fact, I had a meeting yesterday with somebody from uh, a, uh, a elder from um, a church and uh, a storehouse. And so talking about, you know, developing a side hustle in their background and, and what they're looking for and, yeah, I think side hustles going, you know, they can create income, which is great, another source of income, but also uh, it might develop into a full hustle instead of just a side hustle. Yes. So, yes, I think side hustles are definitely worth it and in the short term and in the long term. All right. From JM uh, dash training dash dash whatever. All right. How to get started as an entrepreneur? Man, it's a great question, uh, JM. It's good. How to get started as an entrepreneur? I, I guess you just you just start. You come up with an idea. You know, um, I think 
you have to build a better mousetrap. And what do I mean by that? You know, you want to create something that makes it easy to do business. You know, business goes where it's wanted. And you can see that really easily in, in successful businesses, Amazon, right? I mean, it is so easy to order from Amazon, especially if you bought Prime. I mean, it's crazy good. Yes. So business goes where it's wanted. So how to become an entrepreneur, create a better mousetrap, create something that people think, wow, that is, that makes my life easier, cheaper, faster, more beautiful, uh, more authentic, more transparent. And that's how you become an entrepreneur. Come up with a really cool idea and um, test it out. And, you know, use your mastermind group. I often talk about mastermind group. And so in that mastermind group, Ask people, throw up some ideas and let them blow holes in it. Look, I'd rather have my mastermind group blow holes in my business idea rather than my bank account sinking, right? So how to get started as an entrepreneur? Come up with a great idea. Find out what people need. Fill that niche. And uh, yeah, it's pretty good. All right. Uh, hey, Christy Grace wants to know about stocks. Man, doesn't everybody... You know, I made a lot of money in the stock market and I've lost a lot of money in the stock market. Case in point, Walt Disney World. Back when my daughters were really young, we would go to Disney World four to five times a year and spend buku money, right? We'd stay at the Grand Floridian, we'd stay at, you know, Ritz-Carlton. And we loved it, we did, we had a blast. And I thought, man, I gotta buy stocks in this company. And I started buying a lot of stock and, and I had bought, I don't know, almost a million dollars for the stock in Walt Disney World at one time. And then 9-11 happened. And that, 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 you know, that million went down to about $228,000. And so, you know, timing is everything in the market. It really is. And it's hard to catch a falling knife. It's hard to know when to get in. It's hard to know when to get out. I do know this. Only buy what you understand, what you know. And, you know, I know oil stocks a little bit. I know some uh, artificial intelligence stocks a little bit. Uh, I know airline stocks a little bit. So I kind of go where I know to go. And I don't really divert from that. You know, the, uh, the game stocks, the, the GameStop and the, the Robin Hood and the short squeeze, I just don't play in that game. Now, the other thing too, uh, I will talk about Bitcoin for a second because it's crazy. Right. I mean, it is becoming mainstream and I know there's going to be people that get very wealthy off that. It's just not going to be me. And that's all I got to say about that. All right. Uh, relationships and dating. I need help. <laughs> oh, that's so good. You know, I think, uh, you know, I think relationships uh, and dating, you know, it's complicated today. Right. Especially if you're a believer and, you know, uh, it is difficult. I get that. But I also think that um, if, if, if you're a woman out there, you know, and you've got to have the perfect person, you've got to have the perfect guy that, you know, and obviously you want to be, you know, yoked with a Christian. Absolutely. But do they have to know all the gifts? Do they have to be spirit filled? Do they have to subscribe to, you know, Benny Hinn? I don't think so. You know, now I might be, you know, offending some people out there, so get offended, but I really don't. I think it's really, I think we put a lot of high expectations, maybe unrealistic expectations. And listen, guys, I'm talking to you, um, man, you know, grow up, 
there is no perfect woman. There really isn't. Uh, and, you know, you know, and quit sitting on the sidelines. I know a lot of guys I've talked to that said, you know, I've got to make sure I got all my bills paid. I've got to have all this money in the bank and I've got to have this, that, and the other thing, you know, that's stupid thinking. That's right. I said it. The fact of the matter is if, if you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and savior, you've got the mind of Christ. You also have the heart. And so, you know, pursue somebody and see how they are in, you know, in, in season or two. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't make really big money until I got married. You know, I mean, I did okay. I was making good money, a six figure, deep six figure income. But when I got married and settled down and started doing things, man, I made hundreds of millions of dollars. And that wasn't because uh, anything other than staying focused and also having a purpose. I mean, I, I joke sometimes if I wasn't married, I'd probably have a, uh, a broken down, uh, uh, kind of many of in Las Vegas <laughs> and, you know, and just be miserable. But, uh, look, I think marriage is important. I think I like relationships, marriage relationships and dating is difficult, but you know, I've heard people say the only date people that you're willing to marry. I think that's kind of oversimplification. I think you need to really, you know, you might be attracted to a person. I think being attracted to a person is, is paramount. It really is. Physically attracted to that person is really important. But that's just what I'm thinking. So anyways, I hope that helps um, in the dating thing. And I'm probably going to catch some good e emails on that. Um, I have one a question is stewarding your first million. Yeah, you know, that's a big deal. Um, one of the things that one of the affirmations I used to always do and, and when I was younger and going into the Air Force, uh, I remember I think I was 17, 18 years old, and one of the affirmations I would say is the only difference between me and a millionaire is, well, they are working on their second million, I'm working on my first. And I said that every day, three or four times a day, along with other affirmations. I'm a big affirmations guy. So how do you steward that first million? Well, you just do, you, you go out there and you make sure you tithe, make sure that you're helping other people and make sure that you're, you know, you're accumulating this thing and not put too much of it at risk. You should have some of it at risk. Probably 30% should be high risk. Uh, you know, the rest of it should be moderately risked and, and keep plugging forward and keep, keep working and keep your eye on the prize, you know, and have some, put some dates up there. You know, when are you going to get to what, by when, you know, a lot of time people say, well, I'm going to be a millionaire. Well, when, by when, you know, uh, put a stake in the ground. Don't be afraid to. All right. Here's a question. Uh, tell, uh, tell your life story. How did you get started in business? What made you successful? Great question. Um, Tell your life story. <laughs> I'm writing another book, which you'll be able to read that. You can, you'll hear my life story. And uh, how did I get started in business? I came right out of the Air Force. I joined the Air Force because my parents could not afford to send me to college. Uh, they didn't really talk about it, to be honest with you. So I joined the United States Air Force. In fact, within uh, three months before I graduated high school, I joined. And I went in the Air Force, and I knew I wanted to get a college education, so I I uh, got stationed in Little Rock, Arkansas, where I went to Arkansas State University and I studied business management full-time, was in the Air Force working full-time. And no, it was not easy. It was hard. Um, so anyways, when I got out, 
I got discharged uh, four years, honorable discharge from the Air Force. I was in the Strategic Air Command, and um, I moved to Dallas and started selling clothing. And uh, so some guys recruited me and to go out and start selling insurance. And that's how I got started in business. Uh, and I ended up, you know, year, about a year and a half, two years later, starting my own agency and started recruiting agents. But there's more to that story, so you have to read the book when it comes out. All right, uh, <clears throat> same person, same question, a different question. Is it bad to want lots of money? More money equals more chances to help people. It sure does, but more money is more headaches too, You're right? More money, more headaches. <laughs> so is it bad to want lots of money? No, it's not bad. I think that's part of the problem with the Christian world. You know, they think, you know, I got my golden ticket, I'm going to, Jesus when I die and go see Jesus which is great yes you are uh, so I don't need anything else which I don't believe that and I think you know there's a lot of people a lot of good Christians out there that are very wealthy that help out more people and that also start businesses and help you know in the kingdom and look the kingdom is where it's at in the kingdom marketplace is really where it's at so the more money you have the more people you can help the more businesses you can start the more words you can spread about the gospel um, the more people can get saved yada 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 so no i don't think it's bad to want lots of money i think it's good to want lots of money but just don't make it your lots of idol yeah all right so jack asked a great question biggest success and biggest mistakes in business oh my gosh i mean we don't have the time here jack i mean really um probably uh my biggest one of my biggest successes was when we when we learned how to do the uh direct mail campaigns and that was a big that was a big deal because yeah uh, we were we were really were trying to figure out how, how to get a direct mail campaign that produced a good return on mail and uh because it's expensive right and so when you drop mail you know sometimes you know you might get a half percent well, we, we broke the code and we pulled like a 2.78% pull on our mail drop, which that was a big success. And that, that in turn led to us hiring a lot of people and being very successful in that process. Probably one of my biggest mistakes was buying my second jet. <laughs> and I've talked about this. Um, yeah, I spent like almost five and a half million dollars on that plane. And Ended up selling it for 1.8 million and uh, took a huge loss. And also then uh, got tagged back by the IRS for a phantom tax. Yeah, it didn't feel good, which cost me another 750,000. So uh, there you have it in a quick nutshell, but there's more there. There's more success and there's definitely more mistakes. Uh, and you know, I'm a big believer the only way you learn success is from failure. All right. Um, Here's one, love, hear about love, wanna hear about love. Well, love is all there is, right? I mean, that's the greatest commandment, love God with all your heart. And um, and I think that's, you know, you know, Bob Goff talks about it in his books. If you guys haven't read any Bob Goff books, man, they are so good. Um, anyways, he's great, he's one of my favorite authors, him, Max Licato, and Mark, Mark Barnett, I think it is, uh, anyways, uh, love does great book. And then, um, everybody always, and you know, what Bob talks about is how Jesus wants us to, you know, not only pray for our enemies, but love our enemies, praying for our enemies is a stretch sometimes for some of us. Uh, it is for me, uh, especially when I'm really ticked off 
you know, and my flesh overcomes me. Uh, and loving our enemies, man, that's even a bigger thing. But that's what Jesus calls us to do. So I think love is so important, and it's the greatest of all commandments. Yeah? All right. All right. Uh, another question, another great question is how to start your own business while working a full-time job. Yeah. Welcome to entrepreneurship. It's, you know, it's a baller, man. It really is. And, and what you have to do is just be, you have to, first of all, you have to have some help. You have to have help. Uh, you have to, you know, if you're married, enroll your spouse into this process. If you have children, you know, at least teenage children, enroll them into the process. Um, if you're going to take on a partner, I'm not a big partnership guy. I'm not, I, you know, in fact, I had somebody call me yesterday that wants me to invest in a couple hotels and, um, which is great. And I think, you know, and, but I'm, I'm an active investor. I'm not a passive investor, which means I want to own at least 51%, maybe even 60% of the business before I invest in it. And that's just me, you know, um, I know there's a lot of other people that don't feel that way and they're very successful. But anyways, I'm not a big partnership person, but uh, how to start your own business while working a full-time job. It just takes a lot of work. It does. You know, it takes 20 hour days, sometimes 16 hour days and it's hard, but making a million dollars a year is not easy. And look, I've always said entrepreneurship is basically this. It's working harder and longer than anybody ever wants to for the next five years. That way you can live like nobody else can for the rest of your life, right? And so there's a price to pay and it's expensive and it takes a lot. It really does, but it can be done. And you just have to time your people. You have to enroll some people in there to your life and you're going to sacrifice. You're not going to be going to dinner. You're not going to be going to the movies. You're not going to be going on vacation. You're going to be watching every penny. You're going to, you know, beg, borrow, and steal everything you can get your hands on to make things happen. And, um, but it's worth it if you have if you have the intestinal fortitude to get through it. It truly is worth it. And if you know Jesus, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All right. Next question. What's the best morning routine and evening routine for an entrepreneur? Great question. Man, I love your guys' questions. All right. Uh, and that's from the inroad. And I guess um, I guess the best thing is the five handle. You know, we, we just completed a five handle, which means, you know, we had uh, a lot of people get up early, early in the morning and do this five handle thing. And so a five handle is at 5 a.m. You know, or if you're a six handle person in the 6 a.m. hour. So between 5 a.m. and 5.59 a.m., I get up every morning that early, sometimes 4.30, sometimes 5, sometimes 5.05, but generally no later than 5.30. And the reason that is, is because I want to control my morning so I can own my day. And I have my coffee maker ready to go. I, my coffee starts brewing at 4 a.m. So when I get up, I've got some hot coffee because I'm addicted to that kind of caffeine. Yeah, that's right. Um and so then I get up and I pray, I get on my knees and I pray and uh, I thank Father and, and uh, praise Him. And then I watch, you know, I look at, you know, stocks, I look at bank accounts, what money came in, what didn't. And, uh, and I look at the business channels, I watch the business channels, I see the business reports, I look at the futures, uh, I watch news and... Um, then I get ready and then I do my workout. I do it, you know, I'm a big cardio guy and I like to get my workout in and uh, 30 to 45 minutes, push-ups, sit-ups, lift some weights, 
Um, then I do a steam. <laughs> I like steam. And uh, I have uh, three steams <laughs> in my house. And so we do a lot of steaming. Anyway, so I'll do a 30, 40 minute steam. Um, and then uh, relax, uh, drink some more coffee and uh, get on the phone and go to my meetings. Uh, in the evening, I kind of wind down, you know, re relatively early. You know, I like to, uh, you know, after I'm done with a good business day or, or good, you know, coaching day, whatever that situation is, um, love to have, you know, Stacy and I love to have dinner together. We're with the kids. We'll go eat dinner at some of our favorite restaurants or they'll cook, which is great. And then uh, probably around, I don't know, seven, eight o'clock, uh, start winding down and generally Stacy and I will watch a great masterpiece theater show or, um, you know, uh, or we're visiting with somebody and then I usually get to bed, you know, no later than 10 o'clock, uh, sometimes 1030 depends if I have a next level experience. And, and if that's the case, it's usually midnight. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's kind of my routine. And, you know, I think that's, um, I think the other thing too, for, as an entrepreneur, sometimes you get a lot of things going on in your mind. You should write those things down or text them, however you do it. You know, I, I like to get the legal pad out and write things to do and write things down so I can take my mind off it so I can sleep peacefully. Uh, all right. How to entrepreneur, how to be an entrepreneur with a spouse who isn't. And I talked to Stacy about this and, and she said that, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, your spouse is an entrepreneur. Okay. Cause it's risky. And I guess what you have to do is you have to look at your risk, risk tolerance. And if your spouse is not bought in, it's going to be very difficult. So you guys need to come up with some kind of arrangements and understanding because there's gotta be risk tolerance. You know, that doesn't mean, you know, that they're saying, Hey, listen, I'm willing to risk everything, go out to Vegas and bet, you know, a hundred thousand dollars on, red 23 at the roulette table. No, but there needs to be some risk. Uh, you know, you need to, cause look, as an entrepreneur, you're going to lose money, but you could also, you're also going to make money. And so you've got to have that. You got to be able to handle the roller coaster. And if your spouse isn't ready to do that, then it's going to be very hard for you to be an entrepreneur. They got to get on board and you know, and uh, so, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. I think it's important uh, that you both are on the same page. And, you know, if not, then maybe you shouldn't be an entrepreneur. Uh, common misconception that people have about, have of people who are wealthy, a common misconceptions that people have of people who are wealthy. It's a great question. I think the biggest thing is that they don't have any issues that, you know, that they got money, that everything's easy for them. And it's just not true. Um, there are, it is true that, you know, some of the speed bumps are taken out, you know, some of the difficulties are taken out if you have money and if you're wealthy, but there's other responsibilities too. There's other things that, you know, that you still have worries. And what I found is the more money that I made, uh, cause our money's first generation is the more, uh, conservative you get and the more you try to protect what you have. And I think to an extent that's the enemy coming at you with, with a lot of different things. And so, and I felt that way until I gave my life to Jesus. So, and then I got rid of the mammon spirit. Thank you, God. So I think one of the misconceptions is that they don't have any problems. They don't have any worries. Everything's easy for them. And it's just not true. And, um, and I think, I think the other thing, a misconception for people who are wealthy is that they have, uh, that they're happy. 
And really, it's truly, I know a lot of very wealthy people that are not happy and they're miserable and they've had a tough life. And so, sadly, you know, I get into the comparison spirit sometimes and look at that and think, man, I am so blessed to have what we have. I'm so happy. Um, do sometimes I get down? Absolutely. Uh, and so, but I think that's the comparison spirit that gets to us. So, uh, so wealthy people, they don't have it. They don't have it any easier than anybody else, except for maybe they don't have to worry about their mortgage payment, which I know is a big deal or their electrical payment or their college tuition. I know that's a huge deal. I get it, but they have other things too. And um, I remember uh, coming up and getting really successful in business as an entrepreneur. I was in this, thing called the YPO, the Young Presidents Organization. And they, they were masterful at putting different people together with different backgrounds. And I was the only entrepreneur there amongst our little group. And there was a person in there that was third generation wealth and oil money. And I looked at him and I thought, man, that, that just looks so amazing. He's got an expense account. They get to use the company jet. They get to do this. They're on all these boards. You know, everybody's kissing their ring. They get invited to all these things. And I remember one day we were out running and jogging. Nice guy, and we were the same age. And he was so worried about his uh, the CEO, the, his father, and what he was going to say and what he was going to do. And, man, I thought, man, this guy is, you know, my age. Here he was, you know, in his early 40s and worrying about this stuff. I'm thinking – I am so glad <laughs> that I'm not answering to anybody like that. And uh, yeah, it's nice to have all your expenses paid, but you know, then I, you know, realized, you know, they're basically, you know, they weren't making the money I was making. And so anyways, it was just an eye opening for me because things are not always as they seem and there's perks and everything and there's downfalls and everything too. So anyways, I hope that helped somewhat somebody. Uh, let me see what else we got here. Uh, man, I think that's it on the questions. And so I just want to say uh, thank you and thank you for your support. Thank you for uh, people listening to the podcast. And yeah, if you want to have some things and look, you can go to, you can email me at uh, mmcintyrenow at gmail.com. That's m. McIntyre, M-C-I-N-T-Y-R-E, at uh, McIntyre now at gmail.com. And if you have a question or a comment, I'd love to hear it. It'd be great. Um, yeah, so we just finished with our five handle, which is great. And uh, we've got, uh, we just moved our leadership 300 to May 14th and 15th. And our next level experience is going to be April 9th, 10th, and 11th here in Dallas. So, uh, take an application, go to our website at www.themichaelmcintyre.com and check it out. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your questions. And um, hey, stay focused on the prize, man. Jesus is king. He still is king. And he always will be. And he's just the same as he was yesterday, as he is today, as he will be tomorrow. And thank God for that. Keep focused on the prize. Look up and uh, do not be out there picking up pennies don't be picking up pennies as if they were manhole covers all right cheers thanks for listening god bless thank you for listening to the next level podcast don't forget to subscribe rate review and share 
For more resources to help you maintain your next level life, join our community at themichaelmcintyre.com.